Hey everybody, welcome in. It's the My Fantasy Fix, My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. I'm getting a little ahead of myself there. Uh, I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson, and we're getting me ready for the the Tour Championship. It's the final playoff event of the year. It's at East Lake Golf Course in Atlanta, Georgia. Skeeter, we got a par seventy. 7,385-yard course. Uh, for a par 70, that seems a little bit long. Obviously, we had a long course last week at, uh, at Madonna. What do we take from last week, first off, before we get into this week? Obviously, we take a staggered start to the field, both in DraftKings and in real life. Is, well, our winner from last week, Justin Thomas, is going to start 10 under, and it's going to go from there. So what do we take from last week at Medina? Um, well, well, apparently I take that I'm bad at playoff events this year. My gosh, I would think I was bottom five, bottom 10% of in every contest I was in with my one lineup. Like, it was just awful for me. Um, I think Adam Scott was my best guy, and I think he was like borderline top 10, but nobody else really did anything for me. Rory, uh, Molinari, um, Ryan Moore didn't do much. So it was just, it was a bad week for me. So I'm not sure I'm the one who needs to take anything away from last week. You, on the other hand, at least got had a Sunday sweat. Eh, I did, and then I didn't. Uh, Mr. Sabatini, hashtag real Rory. Uh, it was definitely good for me last week until Sunday. I had him in four lineups, including one that was, uh, was I, think, uh, I think it got to about 14th place in about a 4,000-person GPP, but only finished. I ended up not even winning money last week. I had three $10 lineups, put in 30. Only cash for 25 when you have a field like you had last week. That that drop from Roy really plummeted. I was a, I honestly don't recall I was in that lineup. I know I had Justin Thomas. I had 50% Thomas last week. Tell me how I had 50% Thomas. Five out of my 10 lineups. I only, had, I only got 25 bucks back off the 30. Well, I know. Everybody made the cut. Well, Thomas was popular. He was. He was owned probably, probably close to 20% in that, in that tournament. And then you were probably in the, was it $3.20 max? Yes. I'm assuming that it was also probably that contest had a very top-heavy payout structure, and it just takes forever to move up from like 5 to $6 to $8 to 10 It just takes forever. So even when you do get a good lineup, you know, it's still... Well, it ended up in the 100s. Hundreds place, it fell big time. Right, but the fact that it's still paying ten dollars, or probably you know, if it was a flatter payout structure, you'd probably be paying you know, twelve or fifteen. That's probably why you actually lost in the weekend. By the way, uh, you, your negative five is still a lot better than mine because I was not <laughs> negative five. I'll tell you that much. I was probably like negative seventy five, but uh. Well, fair enough. Fair, fair enough. enough. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was, I was super, super excited Sunday, Sunday and. Uh, I had a football draft where I was unable to watch golf, and by the end of it, I was like, you know what? It's probably good. I wasn't even able to watch this because it was a bit of a stinker, but it was uh, I was pretty excited Sunday morning anyway. So. so I haven't told you this yet, but, you know, my lineups just were terrible. My weekend lineup, yeah, boy, didn't do anything. So what I actually did on my PGA Tour app is I got rid of all my favorite players, and you sent me that one good lineup. I favored them all, so I was like, I'm keeping track of this. <laughs> oh, oh, is that no, why my guy started yeah, to go yeah, back? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I put the kiss of death on you. I'm sorry. That's that's Dude. all my fault. All right. Well, well unfavorite those guys because I'll probably be using JT again this week. In fact, I've already put him in another lineup. But before we get to the field, 
let's get to the course a little bit. What uh, I mean, seven thousand, almost seventy-four hundred yards for a par seventy seems pretty lengthy to me. Is that true? It is. Um. So when I look at the scorecard to see the par seventy, there's hole six is five hundred twenty-five yards of the par five. Hole fourteen is five hundred twenty yards of the par four. So um. Yeah, about the same. Not, Not really, really but, but right, but one's a par five, one's a par four. I know there's water on on some of these holes, and I also think it's a pretty narrow, tight, um, tight course. Like you're gonna want to find fairways, but the shortest par three here is 197 yards. Like they have par threes of two, 235, 214, and 211. Nine of the was it 12 par fours, I. Th- Think fall in the four to four fifty or four to five hundred range with the one at five hundred and a couple at three eighty nine three ninety one. So that's where a lot of your distance is built in is the is the par threes and even the par fours because even the par fives one's five twenty five one's five ninety the five twenty five hole six will be reachable by everybody five ninety on eighteen. Some will be able to reach in. I don't remember if there's water there or not. I, I don't remember that from the course. But, um, yeah, winning score tends to be high single digits, maybe 10, 11 under par. So, mm, not, not, not this, this, not not this, this setup. setup. Okay, okay, raw scoring okay. is going to be the minus 8 to minus 12 range. Which then, kind of, if you try to play this out, if you expect JT to be somewhat normal and maybe shoot five under for the week, minus 15, you're probably going to have to eliminate anybody minus three or worse to start as far as from a pure win equity standpoint. It's, uh, it's, it's very, very interesting. interesting. So I guess, I guess let's, let's get, get into, into the pricing, pricing but before, before we start, start talking about players, it starts with Thomas, Thomas because, because he's 10, 10 under, under He's 15.5, so, so clearly, clearly the highest the price, price we've ever seen, right? Yes, uh, this is never, I mean, I think prior to this, the highest price I remember seeing, and I don't remember this for sure, but I thought, like, Zach Johnson a few years ago at the John Deere was, like, 13,000. Like, he was some insane number because of his his form and his uh, tournament history there, but I don't, but we've never seen anybody at 15.5, and, I actually think it's a it's a great price point to start. So, it goes down to 5K as well with the, the lowest golfer. That's the lowest. I've never, I've never seen anything below 6K. This is the lowest we started with, too, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't remember ever seeing anybody below 5. Um, I think it's kind of intriguing, but here's the thing. Um, do we want to get into game theory here before we get to every sure. person? Absolutely, yeah, I think so. Okay, like if you're playing Justin Thomas, actually, actually, let me let me take a step back. It's a thirty-man field, and you're playing six golfers, so you're literally going to have twenty percent of the field. For me this week, I am not playing any hundred fifty max. I'm not pay, playing any twenty max. I'll only play the eight dollar five max because I have the best payout structure. It's the it's the one where it's like ten percent of the prize pool goes to first and. 10% of first is a 10th place, and it's at least double your buy-in. Like, that's the only reason I'm playing that. Other than that, I'm sticking to single entry and three entry max. Just because there's only a limited amount of combinations, and 
the people in the 20 max and the 150 max that max it out are going to have such leverage because they're able to just build a core, play everybody, and hope they hit the right combination. So I think you really need to cut back on your bankroll and be really selective as far as which contests you choose. And then once you do that, this is a week I would not spend your entire salary or even like one or 200 left. Like I think you will be duplicated, especially some of the bigger contests. Like this is a week you, I don't have a problem leaving a thousand, two thousand, even three thousand on the table. Just, just to give yourself a chance to be unique in a 30 man field. That, that last part makes, makes a lot of sense. sense. Um, so, so I just I set one line for fun before, before we got started. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, I only left 200 on the table. And, and you know, I thought, thought about it. And I started with Thomas and, and Brooks. And then and obviously, obviously went to the bottom of the barrel from there. Right. And I think this is where the game theory comes into play. Like, if you're going to play Thomas, I would try my best to stay out of the $5,000 range. Because I think that'll be a popular combination, whether it's Thomas and Sung JM or Thomas and Bryson. Um, or even like uh, Thomas and Charles Howell, who's 5K, so stone minimum. I bet Howell will be somewhat popular. And I bet there'll be a lot of people who will try to fit in a Thomas and Cantlay or Thomas and Brooks. That's what so I did. That was my initial instinct, so that's I mean, what I did. I did too, but um, yeah, I'll save some other comments for that. But it's just these, some of these combinations are going to be. You know, that's what you have to try to ignore. As far as ownership goes this week, I mean, look, there's going to be people 40 and 50% owned, and, I, you know, you can try to make a strategic fade based on that. Um, maybe somebody's approaching 50, that's where you really got to start thinking about it. But other than that, I mean, 15% is going to be extremely low owned this week. 20 to 30 is probably going to be somewhat normal. So almost double your normal ownership range is like, I don't know if you'll see anybody come into single digits. I kind of doubt it. I mean, maybe the lowest. Maybe in like the, the right, right small, small tournament. tournament. Right, like maybe the lowest, you know, I'm looking at my stat models. Um, actually, like I'm trying to figure out like who's 30th in my stat model over the past 12 rounds of everything I'm looking at. And that's actually Kucher. Like Matt Kucher 9100 might be fairly low on because he's just not in good form. But the fact that he's starting so high, he kind of fits that narrative. And maybe people, you know, think that he's the sneaky one that goes under, you know, that nobody's going to own because of his um, pricing. Well, he is is a Georgia Georgia Tech Tech guy, guy, isn't he? he? Yep. And that, you know, there's always that Georgia narrative. (laughs) and He's actually played here before. So forget his under 10% 10 ownership ownership right right there. there. Well, and when you look at this tournament history, nothing spectacular, but nothing awful. Like, you see a lot of 10s and 15th, 13th place, 26th didn't play last year. But, um, yeah, and I think I think the tournament history will be really interesting. So, if, if are, you, are you ready to start talking to these golfers? With 30 yeah. golfers, I almost feel like we can mention each one. and Or, you know, and if we have nothing to say, we can just pass and move on. Yeah, yeah let's, let's do that. Do it. All, All right, well, let's, let's start. start. In the, in the 15 plus K territory. <laughs> We've got one golfer in that range this week. It's Justin Thomas. He's coming off the win last week at Medina. He'll start the tournament 10 under, which for the record, uh, Cantlay at second is 8 under, Kepka 7 under, Reed 6 under, Rory 5 under, Rory McIlroy, in case you're wondering which one. John Rahm and Kutcher and Shoffley, Simpson and Ants are all 4 under. Then at 3 under, it's Woodland, Finau, Scott, Johnson, Matsuyama. 
200 is Casey Rose, Snedeker, Fowler, Kisner, Leishman, Fleetwood, Connors, M, Revy at one under. Then the final five are at even. Uh, Bryson, Louis, Charles Howell III, Lucas Glover, Jason Kokrak. And oh, by the way, before we do get into that 15K plus territory, the spreadsheet that you always put together with tournament history, what stands out? Um, it's the one thing in your color coding that looks different than everything else. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. So you, you, you know, especially this week, you know, I, I modified Julie's top fifteen for half the field. So you'll see a lot of, you know, you'll see a few blues. You'll see a lot of yellow and greens. But sure enough, there's one red for the withdrawal. The last time he played here, and of course, who is the withdrawal? It's Louis. So that'll be interesting when we get to him because it starts at the bottom of the barrel and uh, things aren't going well. He's actually been playing pretty well, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. And there's a lot of money on the line. I know most of it's top-heavy, but there is a lot of money on the line. Can you imagine if I had started this with 2013? You'd see Louis Ustase in one appearance withdraw. Yeah, and it's just like right in the middle of the whole I know. So it's like a bullseye. Yeah, it's literally the middle of the because there's seven years, so it's literally the middle year. Louis kind of in the middle of the pack, like, yeah, it's just it's it's so well placed and so Louis. All right, All right well, now, now we now that we have gotten that, that Thomas starts at ten under, a two-stroke two lead over second, second place, but then it grows to up to a ten-stroke lead over some of those guys at the bottom. bottom. So clearly, he has, he has to be the, the favorite, favorite to win, win. and <laughs> that's the reason he's got the fifteen five five price tag. Can you, Can you play him this week? week? Oh, boy. Um, I think it depends what you think he does. He you has have to, to, you, you, you have, have to, to think, think he's, he's going to win a plan, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. But even if you think he's going to win, what do you think his winning score is going to be? If you think he wins, like, say, 13 under, nobody else really makes a move, I'm not sure you play him. I mean, I know the 30... Win points are going to play a factor, but I believe 30th even gets like um, three points. So, if, you know, if he's only going to shoot four under and win, I don't know if you really want to pay this premium to play him, considering how, because you're going to have to get everything else perfectly right. If you think he shoots eight under, ends up 18 under, then by all means, yes, because if he, if he shoots eight under, I don't think he's getting caught unless Cantlay or Brooks go completely nuts or read and we'll get 30 30th does get three points yeah so i mean so i mean really the i mean everybody's gonna say oh well he starts with 30 points which is true but he's not starting 30 points ahead of everybody else he's starting 27 points ahead of everybody else he's Uh, starting 10 10 points points ahead of second second place and then it and then it drops off in small increments from there right and i think this is something too we want to make sure that everybody understands that he, yes, when, when roster's locked, Justin Thomas will start with 30 points because that's the simulated first price. He's not getting extra birdie points, neither is anybody else. But, the, you know, if he drops to second, then he'll have 20 points. So it's one of those things, like, is does he fall out of the top five? Probably not. But, I, you know, game theory-wise, I just think people are just going to default to him and figure out that, 
all right, there's, you know, there's some good names in this 5K range that I can... And there certainly are when there's only 30 players in the field. Right. Like, I just think game theory is to avoid Justin Thomas, and, you know, if he shoot, you know, if he shoots two over for the week, I mean, that's busto. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, 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 I tend, tend to agree with you. I've set a lineup, lineup with him already. already. Um, um, I'll probably end up, I may go, I don't know that I'll go full 10 lineups this week for normal, normal. But, but I'll probably, probably play a bunch. bunch. I, think I think a lot will be 9K guys and maybe try to fade the entire 10K tier. I don't know if I can do that wholeheartedly, though. Because that's, you feel like one of them, with the group that there's, one of them probably wins. So maybe you got to pick one. And, uh, and, uh, and then, then fill out your roster, roster from there. there. But, but let's, let's go, go to, to well, let's, let's go to 12K tier. We've, We've got, got two guys, guys here. Patrick Cantlay, who, as we noted, is in second place and starts at uh, eight under. And then, and then we've also got Brooks Kepka, who is in third place, starts at seven under. Cantlay, 12-4. Kepka, 12-2. I mean, obviously, you're looking at the same kind of thing with these guys, too, right, as you were with Thomas. If you don't think they're going to win, are they hard to play? Um, no, because if you think Thomas wins and one of these guys shoots well but just falls a little bit short, then by by all means. Like, it's as we mentioned earlier, if you start Thomas and Cantley or Kepka, or even if you start Cantley and Kepka, you're limiting your choices for the rest of your lineup to a certain tier, and this is where I think it would be very hard to make yourself unique. So I almost think you probably have to make a decision on one of these three. For and in my case, it's Brooks Kepka. I realize his stats have not been overly great the past, you know, twelve rounds. He has fourth and birdies are better and tenth and par four strokes gained. When does that matter when fifteen millions on the line and Brooks Kepka's in the tournament? I was gonna say, big shot hunter Brooks Kepka, who has heard all year, all Yoan Shepherd events big events well here you go he's been the best player all season arguably i mean he was number one coming into the playoffs had a i still think he's been the best player all year i think so too you know i think there's a close second and we'll we'll get to that player here soon but i mean he, he, he even last week he lost 1.6 around the green his approach hasn't been great but it hasn't been terrible is off the tee has been you know last week was okay he still finished 24th this just feels like brooks kepka might storm the field like oh oh i'm three shots behind well that's fine i'll come get you i, I, I can, can be, be in the lead by friday afternoon trust me he can be in the lead by thursday i mean yeah you know if he shoots four under and J- jt's even well then all of a sudden kepka's in the lead so i think kepka's my favorite play as far as these top three and by the way just early look on fantasy national for ownership again very early thomas Cantley and kepka are all around the same range all right i would say definitely between kepka and Cantley, it's kepka for me i think so um and as i said i think uh you know i've got that one lineup with the two of them i'm gonna leave it stick it's three bucks you may have convinced me not to construct any more like that but because of the price and what we've seen from him, I would think Kepka's probably the play out of those three. Um, tell me you saw the tweet this week. I think it was just some random fan. Oh, yes. That was throwing uh, throwing some uh, some hate Kepka's way about um, not performing at the top of his game and not looking like he even cared about 
the tournament and that he should go drive a truck. You saw this, right? Oh, my gosh, yes. To which his response was, a Brinks truck? <laughs> and then everybody on Twitter was like, uh, we'd like to report a murder here. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, it so was great. Kepka, uh, Kepka, I have a feeling he wants those major tournaments because he wants his place in history of golf. I think he wants that 15 mil. I'm sure he wants to also be the tour champion. I think he wants that 15 mil, too. Well, who, who's turning down 15 mil? I mean, for I think he wants it maybe a little more. What? I would argue there's somebody else in this field that would, uh, that I've heard has a reputation of liking money. and. Phil didn't make the uh, cut. <laughs> well, Phil does like his money. Um, no, it's another guy coming up, and uh, somebody with the Georgia tie who we've already mentioned. I believe Mr. Kuchar is known for um, well, what, liking his money. I know he doesn't like to tip a, a, a one-timer caddy, uh, the, the typical amount. Yeah, so, you know, Kuchar for $15 million, I mean, oh boy, we might see some fire out of him. Well, let's, before we get to him, we'll talk about the two guys that were in the 10K tier. Rory McIlroy is at 10-6. Patrick Reed is at 10-2. And as we noted earlier, Reed minus 6, McIlroy minus 5 to start the uh, tournament. They will be the only guys, those, those are the top five. They're the only ones that start in a specific place before we start with groups of guys that start at minus four and so on. Mm-hmm. Either one of these guys stand out to you. Obviously, Reed has put himself in a great position after two weeks ago winning at uh, Liberty National. Rory McIlroy, I mean, he's been pretty good all year going back to winning at the players. I mean, he was phenomenal in Mexico earlier in the year as well. Um, outside of really the Open Championship, it's been a pretty strong year for Rory. Just not... Uh, not the wins, maybe at the tournaments. Well, I'm sure the players was one he's certainly happy to have, but I'm sure he'd trade in that uh, RBC Canadian Open for, um, I don't know, win at one of those other majors. I'm sure you're right. Um, I mean, so, of course, but he's had a great year. So this is an interesting contrast between these two. Again, early ownership. Rory is the most popular guy this week. And I think you look at it at 10-6 and you say, well, first of all, that's almost Rory on a normal week sometimes, you know, on these fields. I mean, he's usually a little higher, so you're getting a pretty good discount. If anybody's going to start out four shots, four or five shots behind, be able to go catch somebody, it's Rory. He has that upside. He's won at Eastlake before. And a de- significantly better course history than Patrick Reed. Yeah, and I think that might be driving Patrick Reed's uh, ownership down a little bit because when you look at this and you've seen the past five years, his best finish is 13th at a 30-man field. That just tells you that there's something about this course that must not suit his eyes because he's even played well before coming in. I believe he's won a Northern Trust before and then came here and just didn't do anything, so... I'm not on Reed. I just think, again, Rory tends to be the better player here. I'm not, you know, for me, I think, I, I almost think, as of right now, I start Brooks and Rory and figure it out from there. Like, all right, you know what? Why don't I just take the two best players all year? I'll worry about finishing position later on, but you know what? I'm getting slight discounts on them. I'll take my chances and go from there. I like Rory significantly over Reed in this in this two man group. Um, and we normally go 10k plus, and that's about the number of golfers still. So for me, um, I don't know. It's hard for me. I just 
it's hard for me to fade Thomas, but all it takes is a couple bad strokes, and all of a sudden, McElroy, Kepka, and others could all be ahead of him. So maybe I need to stop being so affected by the minus 10 to start with. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, I get it if you're playing JT. I just worry if he shoot and, and again, this is just part of the thing, is we've never seen this format before, so we really don't know. Does he return enough value if he shoots minus four for the week, even if he wins? Like, right. Would you rather have that, or would you rather have... I'm going to pick a random guy here. Um, Bryson, who shoots, who starts at even par, shoots eight under. Like, that's the thing is, can he? Is there one of these five K guys can make enough birdies to potentially be the better score minus twenty seven fantasy points? And that's what that's kind of where I'm thinking you know, coming from. Okay, I'm um, I'm right there with you. Well, let's get into the nine K tier. Um, just a handful. We got John Rahm ninety nine, Webb Simpson ninety seven. Shoffley, 95, Hideki, 93, Matt Kuchar, 91. And uh, I believe that is not um, – yeah, Hideki will start at 3-under, whereas Xander Webb are starting at 4-under. In fact, a couple of these guys are going to start at 3-under, right? Um, yeah, this is where it gets a no, little – No, Ron, Ron Kuchar, yeah, I just didn't scroll up on the media. So they're all 4 yeah, there's some weird pricing once we get started around here. So, I look at the 99, the 9K range. I'll be honest with you, the way Kuchar's been playing and the way uh, Matsuyama's been playing, I'm, not, I'm particularly not into them. Um, Webb has been playing so good. It's kind of faltered here the last couple of weeks, but it's not impossible that he can bring it back. Rom and Shaw, Rom's been playing really good, and then, Shoffley, we call him Brooks Light, so, I mean, I can make the case for playing him as well. Um, he could show up in this moment. Well, the thing about Hideki last week is he shot two sixty threes. He just had a 73 on Saturday, which cost him if he shoots anywhere. If he shoots, you know, anywhere near normal, he probably, he actually is your winner last week. So, it's, you know, it's Hideki. He, he'd catch fire, but I believe he had a ton of, Strokes gained putting last week, which is usually not a good sign for Hideki because his putter actually only gained 3.7 putting. So, but he was a solid all around. But even for that, that was a pretty as a high mark. You have to go back to the PGA Championship last time Hideki gained more than three strokes putting. So, um, Rom is probably the second most popular among early picks. I mean, when I look at his stats over the past 12 rounds, he's first in greens and regulation, first in par four strokes gained. Fourth in fairways game, fifth tee to green. I mean, he just almost hits every single stat so well. I just, he's, you know, if I'm going to play Rory, I'm not sure I'm going to play Rom with him. Webb intrigues me a little bit, but you know, I'm kind of with you. I don't know what to do. I want to play Kuchar. I just can't. His, I mean, his form is just not good enough. Xander's a little bit of a wild card here, and I think he might get a little bit of a narrative because he did win here two years ago, so uh, mm-hmm. people do remember that. I'm not really in love with this 9K tier. If I do end up starting Brooks and Rory, I really can't fit a 9K guy in. What if I told you that I just started a lineup with Webb, Xander, and Rom, and I was also able to put in Rose, DeChambeau, and Answer and leave about a 1,000-plus on the table? Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's a. I'm, I'm gonna let that one ride, baby. That, that one's in there. there. I mean, the, you know, this is kind of the challenge we have this time of year: is how do we balance recent form versus just long-term, really good form? Like, we don't really see a ton of guys just pop up out of nowhere who have been struggling for a couple of weeks, pop up and win. But, I mean, there is something to be said with long-term form, especially once you get to a difficult course like East Lake. And you got to, I mean, you got to say, Webb Simpson, a very good course history here as well. Yeah, three um, top fives. So, he makes a lot of sense in this tier. Ron was decent the two times he's been here as well, uh, seventh and eleventh. And he's playing really good, too. I mean, so. Xander's first and seventh, so he apparently likes his course. Yeah, there's... I like those three above the other two. But, yeah, Hideki, two top fives in the last three years. You know, I, I want to look something up, because I'm, as I'm trying to think of comparison courses, the one that kind of comes to mind for me is Firestone. Okay. You know, obviously they don't play there anymore. That's where WGC was. And I believe Hideki did win a WGC at Firestone. So let me find this, and let me see if there's any sort of correlation to east lake all right well we can go ahead and set up the 8k tier uh it's tony finau at 88 ricky fowler's 86 dustin johnson 84 adam scott 82 gary woodland is an even 8k and so now we're getting into the guys that are starting at three and two under um so gonna be bunched up closer to the bottom there and uh i don't know man i look at this tier and I know that he hasn't exactly been playing great lately, but he has a really good course history, and he's long off the tee, and he's Dustin Johnson, one of the best golfers in the world, sitting here in this 8,000 tier. And I understand what the way the staggered start is. It's a little different, but he has a third, a fifth, a fifth, a sixth, and a tenth in six of the last seven years, the 17th, and then one year he did not play. Dustin Johnson starts tied for 11th and 300, by the way. It's not like he's way back in the field. He's just a little bit back of the top, guys. I don't know. This feels like if I'm going to reach in this tier, DJ carries the most upside for sure, right? Yes. Um, just, or maybe not? No, no. no. I mean, Dustin. Jo this is the cheapest price I've ever seen Dustin Johnson, 8200 And it'll probably be the cheapest you've seen. Or 84, I'm sorry, 84. But his form, I mean, something has just seemed off on him. In fact, here, let me give you this quiz. When was the last time Justin Johnson had a top ten? Do you know this offhand? Mm. Was it, it wasn't the, uh, well, it was, was it the U.S. Open? No, he was 35th there, so he had to go further back. It wasn't the PGA, was it? Yes, it was. T2, or was it really? Second yeah, he was, place. he was second. Ever since then, 20th, 35th, missed cut. 51st, 20th, 24th, 57th. He lost six and a half strokes on approach last week. Like, that's not Dustin Johnson-like. No, so. it's not. If he's going to lose anything, it's usually putting, right? Yeah, and he's actually lost putt he lost strokes putting in his past six events, which is why he hasn't had a top 10 since the PGA. So, something just feels off on him. In tournaments, why not? I mean, this is the best name here. He'll, I mean, he, he'll kind of be in that medium ownership range, but I just, and I, I love DJ. I just don't think I can go there with his current form. 
And you go Fina. I mean, he hit the ball a mile, and he coming off of a fourth. Ah, boy. Yes. I, I, <laughs> that sounded real, uh, reassuring. I mean, he's played well, but, like, where, what's he starting at? Is he, like, in the part of the minus four tier or minus three? I believe he's three. Yeah, he is tied 11th at three under. So do we really think Finau is going to shoot minus 11 and potentially get up to that minus 14 range? I mean, well, I know there's not guys in this range that are going to do it. I don't think Woodland's going to do it. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is Scott going to do it? Is Fowler going to do it? No, no. If Fowler was like T6 coming in, I think, you know, he'd have a chance. Cause he's, he's Ricky's one. minus two T16. Yeah, I just don't know if he scores enough to do it. Like, Finau's the guy, if you're if, if there's going to be somebody that jumps up in this tier, it probably is Finau. I mean, he's first tee degree in the past 12 rounds. I just it's that it's that win equity that I worry about with him, and he and he I mean he's twenty third in bogey avoidance out of thirty, and you know this is a tougher course. I know he plays well at majors, but I I I think he's a pass for me. I'm also going to assume. Let me take a look at his ownership. Oh, he's actually not horrible. I bet he picks up some steam as the week goes on. Would, Would you, you play, play anybody, anybody in this tier? I mean, if, if not, not, you're gonna be. be I mean, you're going to be playing Stars and Scrubs a little bit. I mean, Scott's numbers jump out a lot, so I could go there. I could play. I okay. I could play Scott or Finau. I'm not thrilled with it, but those are kind of the birdie makers that I could take a chance with. DJ, if you really want to go for birdie making, but again, he's second to last in bogey avoidance, so. He's more mainly a DraftKings points type of play. All right. Well, well let's, let's get, get to the, the 7K, 7K tier, and this, this is so weird now. <laughs> there are four <laughs> names in the 7K tier. I know. This is, like, the, usually the most loaded tier of them all. Yes. There's, like, like probably usually, usually like, 25, 25, maybe 30. So, so we, we get, get Tommy, Tommy Fleetwood. Fleetwood. He's 77. 77. Paul, Paul Casey, Casey is 75. Brant Snedeker is 73. Abraham Answer is 71. I may need a little bit more uh, guidance from you. Abraham Answer is starting minus four, T6. He is easily my play in this tier. Yeah, I don't, I don't get this. I, I realize he's not the it's same. Not a big name, but, dude, he's playing pretty decent right now. Right. I mean, he's had a pretty good past two events in the playoffs. He's seventh in my model. He's second in fairways gain, third T to green. Seconds in that par four distance for 450 to 500. The only thing he kind of really lacks is he's 26 and birdies are better. 15th in approach for everything else is top 10. As far as the stats I look at, I, yeah, I don't know why he's 7,100. He's actually not garnering a whole lot of attention yet, and I'm a little surprised. So, I mean, why not? If, if people are going to ignore him because he's in the same names as Casey is a course history or Fleetwood or even Justin Rose. Rose is right under him, yeah. It's a I know he's a 6K tier, but I, he's somebody I think you at least have to consider. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think he'll, he'll probably, probably be in a, a, fair, in a fair, fair percentage of my lineups. Um, Snedeker, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's a guy I'm turning to here. And I understand he's coming off a 6th and a 5th. Um, and he's made some birdies. And he's also 
He made some bogeys at the Northern Trust. Only made three last week at BMW. Snedeker? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think I want to play him, but, I mean, he's proven to do well before, so. Yeah, he's second in bogey avoidance, but here, here's the thing is, in this range, they're starting so far behind, I want birdie makers. And if I'm going long-term birdie makers, it's Tommy Fleetwood. Okay. Like, I understand he's going to start, what, minus two? Tommy's starting minus one. Minus, oh. Oh. That's only one, one spot, spot, though, dude. Right. But here's the thing is, if there's anybody who's going to go <laughs> fire an early 64 for this range, isn't it Fleetwood? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though, he, even though, strangely enough, over the past 12 rounds, he's first in bogey avoidance and 25th in birdies are better, which is... Again, this is extremely short term, but fifth in fairways gain, first in that par four distance for 400 and 450. Like, this is a guy that we've seen just go and shoot some insane number. Like, he's, even if he's starting at minus, minus one, he is my upside play here because we know he can catch fire pretty quick. I can, I can dig, dig it. it. I, I like, like answer, answer, but I feel, I feel you as far as, far as uh, playing the second guy would probably be Tommy, Tommy for me. me. Okay, okay, so this, this is, is also kind of strange. strange. This, this is, is your 6K, 6K tier. Oh, so and can, again, I, can I go back to the 7K real quick? Early early yeah, on, Paul, yeah, Paul Casey is the highest owned. And when you look at his tournament history, two-fifths, a fourth, and eleven the past four years, people are just going to be attracted to that. In fact, he's starting minus two. Again, I just don't know if he can shoot low enough to catch catch everybody else. But he could be a decent... I mean, 7500 for Paul Casey is a very fair price. I have him starred. I'll kind of wait and see where we go for that. I just worry that his par 4 numbers do not are not very good short term. Okay, now... Unless we... Uh, no, we pretty much hit all four. Yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, this is the week where there's 30 guys in the 7K range. Yeah, let's, let's get, get into the 6K tier, and guess what? what? There's only four people in this tier, and it is started by Justin Rose at 69. Kevin Kisner, 66. Mark Leishman, 63. Corey Connors, 61. I like Corey Connors. Yes. But but Justin Rose is 6,900. He starts minus two. Connor starts, starts at minus one. one. They're also, I think, $800 yeah, in price, price difference. But, I mean, I, I like both of them. them. I'm, I'm certainly not playing Kisner or Leishman when I can turn to those two. I'm not. I might have some Kisner. Kisner's in my consideration. But, yeah, when you look at Justin Rose, he's played here six of the past seven times. His worst finish is 10th. Like, this is just a gross... Absolutely gross mispricing. Like, I, okay, I realize his form isn't the best. Tenth, I mean, he was 10th in the Northern Trust. He lost five strokes putting at the BMW. Like, that's the first time he's lost strokes putting since API, where he finished 63rd. Do you want to know what he did the following week of the players? He finished 8th. And the players could be a similar type. It's not a terrible comparison to Eastlake. Like, before the 52nd the BMW, 10th at Northern Trust, 11th at St. Jude, 20th at the Open, 3rd at the U.S. Open, 13th at Memorial. This guy bounces back. He is right now, 
He's probably the third highest projected owned behind Makes sense. Rory and Rom. But how do you how do you turn this down? I, I mean, mean uh, okay, okay, he, he starts, starts at two under. That's, That's only, only three strokes behind fifth, fifth place where Rory McIlroy starts. Exactly. I mean, all it takes is for him to do a little bit of goodness and, you know, the rest of the field ahead of him to just play normal and and for Rosie to play just a little bit better. And all of a sudden, he's in the top ten or better, and you just paid 6900 for him. Right. Great course history. His form isn't terrible. I Short-term stats I know aren't great, but again, he lost five strokes putting last week. I, you know, putting is so whimsical, I can do whatever. He's fifth in fairways game. Yeah. He's sixth in birdies or better. Like, isn't this exactly what we want out of somebody at this range who we need to go take, you know, we need them just to catch fire. He fits every single profile. I, I mean... Okay, okay, now, now we, we have, have to go, go back, back to a, a conversation, conversation that we have from time to time here. here. So, so you just convinced me that I should be 100% on Rose. Except for when you play Rose, he bottoms out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. And when you don't, he has a good tournament. Oh, no. And it makes a ton of sense to play him, but didn't you use Rosie in the Masters? I did. So no, did I. I didn't, I didn't oh, make any money. Masters. No, no. You're using, oh. I'm, I'm still gonna use them, but it just hurts to know that you and I love them as uh, as much. But oh, sounds like he's gonna be super chalky. So maybe fading him is a good tournament strategy, even if it makes a lot of sense to put him in your lineup. Maybe. Now I've just talked myself off the hundred percent much. I'll tell you that. Like, I almost wonder if we get to the point that when we see answers so mispriced and everybody's like, oh, Rose is going to be popular, that if we get to Thursday morning and the roster's locked, Rose is sitting there at, like, 25%, and people are like, dang it, I would have played him for sure, and then they just jump on answer for 200 more because, oh, he's starting, he's T6. He's, he, he's starting better than Rose. It's only like, 200 higher. I'm like, like, I'm, I'm just going to be serious now. now. You, you, you start, start answer. answer. You start, start rows. It gives you 9K per for your next four golfers. That's a nice way to live. Set the lineup. I mean, even if you even if you go Thomas with that next one, um, you know, you still got almost 7K for your other three. Okay, so here's an interesting build. I'm just trying to think, you know, if people start Thomas Kepka rows, then they have to play the bottom three of Howell, Glover, and Reeby. Reeby. Actually, that, actually might, that might be a really chalky really lineup, too, man. Actually, and then you can actually substitute Glover for Kokrak if you really wanted. Like, that... Yeah, yeah so oh. I'm... Okay, so... Rory Rose already looks like that'll probably be a popular combination. But if you can find... You know, maybe throw in the answer to throw, throw off ownership a little bit. Or Corey Connors. I mean... Look... If we're talking again from somebody in this range, who has the capability of going and shooting 10 under and really making a difference? It's Corey Connors. Like, the guy's either going to shoot 10 under or, you know, and jump up in the top five at the end, or he's going to be 30th and just completely bomb out. He's got 39 birdies in the last two tournaments. Yeah, and, I mean, he's he's top 10 and... Almost every stat category I look at, 
His par four ranges are a little concerning, but 10th and birdies are better, 12th bogey avoidance, 8th tee to green, 6,100. Early on, he's not overly popular of anybody in this range. I don't mind Corey Connors here. I think I think 6,100, if you're willing to take a chance, and I think this is the week you have to take some chances, I think it's a good move. Are you ready yeah, to take, take a, chance a chance on this 5K, 5K here? Sure. I, have, I wish I, I wish he was the first one, name, so, so I could just bring, bring up Louis first. first. You what? Since I said I, I wish Louis was the first name, so I could bring him up first, since that would be a good segue from taking a chance. But uh, this is the first time I've ever seen the 5K tier. We've got Sunjay M at 59, Louis Oosthuizen is at 57, Bryson DeChambeau 55, Jason Kokrak the 5K chalk 5300, Lucas Glover 52, Jez Revy 51. Charles Howe the third, 5K even. Um, Kokrak is legitimately my favorite play in this lineup. I mean, he has been my favorite play, or the, not the lineup, but this, uh, this tier. He's been my favorite play for a good portion of the year in the tier he finds himself in. And obviously, if he's made himself to Eastlake, he's been pretty consistently a good play for me this year. I don't see any reason I go away from him. He does start at even. Um, we are talking about the 5K tier. Chez and M are going to start at one under, and then the rest of the guys are starting at even. By the way, this sounds so weird saying we're going to start at the 5K tier. I mean, that's just... The first? It is. Here's my concern with Kokrak. He has been playing well, and certainly fits the birdies are better mode. I almost wonder with him, because he's gone like 207 starts, I think was the number, without making us, you know... with and this is his first time making the Tour Championship, is this one of those cases he's just happy to be here because he gets to play all four majors, including going to Augusta for the first time, that he just, I'm not going to say doesn't care, but you know what? He's 10 back to start. He got a, he, you know, he's got all of his goals. You know what? I'm just, I don't really care how I do, and I know that can go one of two ways. I was going to say, you ever been on the golf course, course and just not care? care? I mean, it kind of, I mean, seventh birdies are better, eighth and bogey avoidance, so, I mean, that kind of does fit. There have been some times where I've been out on the golf course, and I just didn't care, and you're right, it went completely terrible, but there's some times where it's, it's all just kind of clicked, too. I mean, but if you're Kokrak, what is he, he was the 30th guy in, like, what do you have to lose? Yes, yeah. you got absolutely nothing to lose. You might as well start firing at every pin, which, again, could be great or could be disaster for fantasy purposes. Yeah, yeah so, so I'll say, say I like Kokrak for sure right there. Yeah, he's one of the two guys I have starred. Um, I mean, Bryson is 55K. <laughs> and don't you think he's going to be going for it? He is, but his form just, I mean, 24th and Northern Trust yeah, 40th at BMW. And I thought I heard a rumor somewhere that he's been tinkering a little bit the past few weeks, so... You know, Bryson, I think, might be overthinking himself. and plus all this tinkering with the play clock? clock? I don't think he's been tinkering with that quite yet. Um, okay. He needs to take a, uh, a pro, he needs to take a lesson from our boy uh, Eric Van Roy in EVR over in the Euro Tour, who apparently at the start of the season was a very slow player and has, has greatly improved and was complimented by the, the lesser of the Molinari brothers, Eduardo, about his uh, improvement in pace of play this past week. I thought maybe uh, maybe pace of play police Eddie Pepperell uh, gave him a, a thumbs up as well. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure Eddie did as well. I mean, 
I mean, Eddie probably also if I had a couple drinks before that, but you know, it's just Eddie. It's all, it's all oh, good. Uh, so uh, you said Kokrax one of two you like in this tier. Uh huh. Is, is Louie the other one? I'm channeling my inner James Adams right now. Yes, it's Louie. Oh boy. Um, again, he's starting at even par. What does he have to lose? Now, granted, this might also be the biggest withdrawal risk. And watch that, I play him. That could make him uh, a lower on guy, though. Um, again, early on, kind of this everybody from everybody from Kisner down to Howell, like they're all kind of in the same general range. I mean, I guess Leishman, Bryson, Chez, and Howell are kind of the lowest owned, but they're they're all kind of under twenty percent, the ten to twenty percent range. So. We'll see if anybody catches steam throughout the week. But, with, but yeah, I think Louis will always have some inherently low, lower ownership just because of that withdrawal risk, especially if you're looking at my uh, tournament history file and you see that nice red WD, and it's like, oh, well, it's Louie. But, I mean, he's fourth in approach, second, or fourth key to green, second in approach, fifth in bogey avoidance. Maybe it's the lack of birdies that uh, could be a concern here, whereas Kokrak is like seventh, so Kokrak's maybe the guy you want to take a flyer on. Um, so yeah, Louis started for now. We'll, I'll see if I have enough guts to play him, and then if I do, you 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 better avoid him because there's probably a WD coming. What, what about, about Lucas Glover? Glover? I mean, I, mean, I, know, I know we're, we're talking, talking about very recent form, meaning last week. week. Twenty-three birdies, birdies man. man. Yeah, and again, he's back to gaining an approach. He had a little that June uh, time period where he didn't. Uh, his putter's actually been neutral, which if Lucas Glover's putter is neutral, that's a plus. He's got, he's got that, that funky, funky new style, style man. I, I, uh, I, hadn't I hadn't really noticed, noticed earlier, earlier in the year, but, but he's holding the club like, like way in front of his, his waist, uh, like, like the, the midpoint of his waist. And gaining off the tee, yes. Um, okay, I just put a starter by him. I mean, like... <laughs> When I see he's getting on approach, I know. Well, I mean, this right now for me is just kind of general. Okay, who do I want to consider? And then yeah. I'll start digging deeper, you know, tomorrow and Wednesday. But no, I, you know, and I'll let ownership kind of help a little bit some of these guys. But no, um, tenth and birdies are better. Again, that's that's kind of what we want. Um, Sun JM is also tenth and birdies are better. So. Connors, Sungjae, Kokrak, and Glover are kind of your birdie makers here. Chez isn't terrible. Charles Howell just isn't making enough birdies right now. Neither is Bryson for me to want to take a look there. Well, oddly, oddly enough, that's, that's the end of the field. field so, um, we didn't talk about Leishman. We didn't talk. Leishman actually might have been like the only guy we didn't talk about. And the, the thing, thing is, is, I like, like Leishman because he loves cutting, cutting grass. grass. Does he really? Uh, yeah, yeah, his wife said he's, like, crazy about it. He'll cut his grass, like, three times a week. He cuts it like a green. He doesn't wear shoes when he does it. I saw a whole video on this. Uh, for those that are unaware, um, my normal job is a, a lawn care, uh, I have a lawn care company. So I like people for weird reasons. Um, I like him weekly because he's a hillbilly who loves to go fishing. And, uh, I find myself liking Mark Leishman a lot just because of the way he takes care of his lawn. So... How's, How's that? that? <laughs> well, then you like Louis then, because I think he owns his own farm in South Africa, and I believe he, um, 
I believe a few years ago when he played a John Deere, they, he actually got a tractor from John Deere. I did not know that. Again, there's my weekly John Deere reference. I think it's the second time I've mentioned it, so there you go. Those of you at home keeping track, and if you're taking a shot every time I say John Deere, well, well, you're, you're having two tonight. Um, well, I might do that next uh, next time we do this. <laughs> a shot every time I mention a John Deere yeah. reference. Yeah, you know especially in the wintertime when I have to get up in the morning to work. That sounds like a good plan. I ought to tweet at them and say, hey, I mention you at least once every podcast. doesn't matter what tournament it is. So. Give me a trucker hat. Yeah, or at least give me a free pass to go up there. Um, no, and then you know who the other guy who I think still mows his mom's yard every week or when it went around is HV3. I can see that. I believe that. I think he still mows. I still think, because uh, I thought there was a story like a year or two ago, like, you know, he finished top 10 in a tournament, the next day he's mowing mom's yard. Like, that's how you take care of mom right there. Who cares? I believe that. You know, don't you know, don't give her the winner. You know, maybe you give her a little bit of the winner's check, but you know what? Mow that lawn too, so. Good job. Good job. Yeah. I, I can pick up a new account. You what? I said I, I wonder if she lives in the area. I can pick up a new account. I think it's Georgia. <laughs> it's the Carolina or Georgia area, I think. But I think it's a little far drive from Cincinnati for you. Yeah, I'd pass on that one. Well. Um, all right, we've, we've, uh, got, we've got, got off the rails, although lawn care and golf certainly do go hand-in-hand. Hand. the Tour Championship is a three-man field. We can get off the rails all we want. Well, we certainly have. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything else. I mean, we've, we've gone through each player. Um, just a much smaller field. We went over the course. Is there anything you want to add before uh, before we shut her down for the for the Tour Championship and for the uh, final uh, the final? My Fantasy Fix Golf DFS podcast for, well, a couple weeks anyway. Yeah. The, uh, the tour will be back soon, so. Yeah. Uh, do you have a pick for the Scandinavian Masters on the Euro Tour? Um, or, or if I don't, I think that's what it's called. It's Scandinavia or something. Thor, Thor, Thor Bjorn Olsen. Oh, there you go. Uh, Henrik Stenson will be the favorite, but. Um, okay. Well, I, hey, hey, I can always get behind uh, Thor Bjorn. And um, do you have a pick? Uh, do you have a pick for at Boise for the Corn Ferry Tour? Uh, is Hovland still playing? Yes. Okay, give me Hovland. I'm disappointed in you. I'm sorry. Why, is Boo Weekly's not on there, is he? Yes, he is. He's playing the Corn Ferry. He at least played last week in Columbus in the Corn Ferry Finals. All right, like, like rest, rest assured, with fantasy football ramping up, uh, I'm, I'm not, not watching, watching any Corn Ferry. I couldn't even watch the end of the, the, the Medina, Medina tournament Sunday because I was drafted a fantasy Now, wait a game. minute. If Boot Weekly is in the, if he's in contention on Sunday and that's on the Golf Channel, you're not watching this? If, if I, I can, can take, take a peek, peek at it, yes. Yeah. But you know I'm going to be drafting Sunday again, oh, man. It's, that's it's, right. It's all, it's all drafts all week long, dog. I got one Thursday and then I got another one uh, Saturday and another one Sunday. Oh, that's right. That's how I operate. That's right. Yeah, I got one Thursday and Sunday, I believe. But oh, come on. Oh, you, okay. If I can, I'll, I'll find a way to watch. Now, now trust me. I would have gotten, gotten the, uh, the, the 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 app open on my phone during the draft in like the 16th, 17th round if my tournament team on, on DraftKings was not going in the wrong direction. I mean, if you need if they, me, if to they didn't look like JB Holmes on Sunday at the Open. Oh, boy. I would say if you need me to, I will. What, I will well, actually. We don't. You don't have Apple, so we can't FaceTime. I will find. I will Facebook Live. I will learn Periscope. I will set. I will set it right on my TV on the Golf Channel for the Corn Ferry Finals. If you need me to stream you some Boo Weekly in the final grouping at the Corn Ferry Finals in Boise, I will do that for you. 
I might, I might be able to do that. I think Boo would fit good well, well in Boise too. Yeah. And then I, I actually think the uh, Corn Ferry Tour Championships in Evansville, Indiana. All right, we trying. That's that's a little bit further drive than the Memorial. Well, I wasn't saying <laughs> drive, but you know, Evansville, Evansville also seems like, or Southern Indiana might be a nice little area for Boo as well. Oh heck yeah! Let's be honest, Boo's a man of people now. He fit in a winter bag. Again, I'll, okay, so there's two things you can take a shot at. Anytime about John Deere, third time, or when I decide to throw in the random sorry apology to Fanshare Sports, who was probably wondering. Wait, they're talking to Corn Ferry Tour. They mentioned Victor Hovland. Now they're spending four minutes on Boo Weekly. Well, like fan share, tag us for that one. It's Boo, Boo Weekly. Weekly. He's a Ryder Cup, Cup hero. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. He is a Ryder Cup hero. The people of Kentucky and Valhalla and Louisville love him forever. You know. So, so wait a minute. What, what is like your dream DraftKings lineup? It's Boo Weekly, Charlie Hoffman, Rory Sabatini, Jason Kokrak. Oh, yeah, Ricky. Ricky's got to be in there. I don't know. We'll have to think about this. You know who my sixth is? Victor Dubuisson. Get him back out there, baby. I I think he's back playing some Euro Tour. Good. I want to see him play again. That 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 match play play tournament with he and Jason Day uh, back back when it was in February. February... Or, or was it maybe even late January? I think it was in February. Dude, that... Oh, that might even have been March. Whatever it was. That match play uh, went extra holes. He and Jason Day. And his short game was... I mean, dude, it was just so awesome to watch. Okay, so Dewey's son has been playing a little bit on a Euro Tour this year. He finished T39 last week at the Czech Masters. All right. I wonder if he's... If take it back. He's my uh, pick for the Scoba Nocha. The Scandinavian Masters? <laughs> yes. Oh, come well, on. I was in Nova Scotia, so I said something dumb. Uh, man, wait a minute. How can you not take a Scandinavian player? I mean... Yeah. I mean, Thorbjorn, I think, made sense. Okay, okay I'll stick with him. Victor's, Victor's, Victor's second. I'm not sure... Uh, there's actually a Euro contest. Or it's actually, I, I'm sorry, it's the Scandinavian Invitation. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't get, get invited. invited. I know. I, mean, I got some Norwegian in my family, so I mean, actually, this is this isn't a terrible field. For I mean, if you know some of your random euros. Well, there's only uh, thirty people in this field, and I'm sure, like, you know, I don't know, Francesco was no. racing into that one. No, like, like I mean, Stenson, Fitzpatrick, Norin, EVR. Andy Sullivan, Eus Luton, um, Julian Surrey. I mean, there's even some Eduardo Molinari's playing. Is Dewey is Son playing this one? He is. He's only 7,800, too, if you want to play some Euro golf. He can't <laughs> sleep, can't sleep at night. Yeah. Are you Are trying you to pull me into another realm here? here? I, I already played off events, events when Tony Romo played. played. I mean, hmm. This is, like... Not that I know a ton about it, but there's a lot of these names I know. Like, oh, oh there's some interesting, uh, interesting Euro, Euro names here. I'm trying to find a... Uh, oh, yeah, there's some... Oh, boy. How do you pronounce this one? Jay Krustwick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know him. Um, it sounds perfect. I'm just trying to see if there's any, like, weird names. Like, oh, Tommy Howard is playing. Ooh. 
Well, all right. I'm not gonna. I'm only gonna okay. Play. All right. All right. I've lost what you, your tour. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. On, on that note, <laughs> you're too busy. Yeah, I know. It's fantasy football. So you're like, oh, hey, random Euro tour guys. Let's go. I, I, I might be playing some guys who used to play in the NFL Europe. That's about as close as I'll get to uh, any European action this week. Jason Garrett? Um, I guess, maybe. I, I suppose, yeah. All right, it, on that note. Um, <laughs> yeah, th- th- this is this has gone off the rails. Um, it's devolved. Yeah, so James and I are going to take a couple weeks off because, well, it's just <laughs> we need it. Yeah, we might. Uh, we don't know yet if we're going to do anything for week one as far as the free podcast goes. Um because there's no golf that week, so we might do something for, like, the Bears-Packers week one showdown. Uh, it's Labor Day weekend, so we'll, we'll see what our schedules are like. But we will, if, we're, if we don't do anything there, we will definitely be back for week two NFL and the start of the 2019-2020 season at the Greenbrier. Definitely we'll be there, back for that. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing I don't know, a hundred people in a field again? I know. Won't that be nice to actually have a cut and, you know, granted yeah. a lot of the corn fairy graduates and probably, you know. I'm all right with that. Not a ton. You know, are you, are you ready for 10,500 Kevin Nas defending champion at the Greenbrier? Sure. Okay. We'll see if Morikawa or, um. Doesn't mean I'm ready to play him, but I'm ready for him, yeah. Yeah. We'll see if, I don't think, Alexander won her two years ago, so I don't. I also think this Danny Lee, I think, tends to contend at uh, Greenbrier, but we'll see. We've seen we've seen some interesting prices coming down the stretch as the field's got a little bit thin at points. So I think I feel like I'm ready for anything. It doesn't mean I can. You, uh, you just want a full field so you can get Charlie Hoffman back in your lineups. Uh, I need Charlie to get back into form before I put him in back in my lineup. But yes, I do want to be able to play him. Exactly. Well, I want to pre- thank uh, say appreciate everybody for listening. Um, if you guys play fantasy football, check out Fantastics Insider Football. Um, it's definitely draft season. I'm in the middle of draft, and I know Skeeter is too. Uh, I also do the um, SiriusXM broadcast on the Fantasy Channel for Fantastics Insider Football. So if you have any fantasy questions, feel free to fire up me or Skeeter for sure on Twitter. And uh, check out Fantastics Insider Football. You get a, a free trial of the, the draft software, which is – very unique, and it's very good for unique leagues. So if you guys are into that, uh, check it out. It's free. And then, Skeeter, I think we also have a little contest going where – not even a contest, but if you go to uh, Fantastics, follow him on Twitter, and then uh, like and retweet the pin tweet at top, uh, give it away a free subscription with the Draft Advisor software. So uh, I think we're doing that once a week. So check that out, and uh, that's all I got. And that's really good for your unique leagues, auctions. Yeah, if you have, like, crazy bonus points or what do you do if you get a point and a half per tight end reception? It's just, you know, there's no magazine. There's no online – very few online rankings that are going to give you that access instantly. That's yeah, what the I, software does. Yeah, yeah I definitely, definitely use it for the FFPC. FFPC. I definitely, definitely use it for auctions. And, you know, if you're an auction keeper league where you put, put in pricing from um, keepers and that, that, that sort of thing, thing it'll – It'll basically show the inflation or deflation of the salaries for the remaining players and give you an idea of what you have to spend for what you need going in. So it's really good at that. It's really good at IDP, too. So check it out. Um, We would appreciate that, and we appreciate y'all listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks, but good luck. The Tour Championship, final playoff event of the year at East Lake Golf Course in Atlanta, Georgia. 
I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.